As men, we can become preoccupied with financial success. I've certainly felt that at times myself. But the team and I have designed a quiz that's going to help you improve your intentions to achieve better results for your career and business. And there's a link to it in the show notes. I'll tell you more at the end of this episode. But for now, enjoy listening. I was almost becoming the person I was pretending to be. I was like, yeah, get the fuck out of my face. I was really getting into it like this angry young fella that was like just getting in his face and like really committing to the role you know welcome to stories of men beneath the surface i'm alex melia join me as we discover what it means to be a man in the modern era today's episode is the story of the way a young man dealt with a violent attacker someone who wouldn't see sense and how he's using those lessons today in raising his kids. Chris was bullied as a young lad in school. He decided that the best thing to do would be to join a boxing club. He was 14 and it was 1999. Rocky and Bruce Lee movies had made a big impression. Boxing gave him discipline and confidence. It taught him how to look after himself. A few years later, Chris got a job at a butcher's in Cork City, where he met a boy called Gavin. One day, I was carrying in this big, massive piece of meat and he was messing with me on the way and I was kind of messing with him. I walked from the van into the market, into the fridge where I had to put the meat, I hang the meat up and the guy's behind me and he's like giving out to me, calling me a fucking prick and oh my God, you you, you got blood on my shirt and all this and I was like, I, I thought he was just messing. I, I sincerely thought he was just taking the piss out of me. I was like, oh yeah, whatever. It's an, it's an ugly shirt anyway. I was, jo- I was joking back, you know. And uh, he said, I'm going to get somebody after you. Again, I thought he was messing. It was a couple of weeks later. I was in town. Uh, I was in a Burger King having some food with my friend Michael, who is probably my only smaller friend. And I see Gavin across the way. And he's there. And one of his mates is with him. Really big guy, big kind of overweight guy, eating a burger very angrily and looking at me. I was a little bit terrified, but it was also funny how tough he was trying to look almost. So we got up and we walked out of the Burger King and and they got up immediately too. And they started walking after us and they walked down a couple of streets after us. We walked down Patrick Street, we did a little turn and we walked down the opposite side of Patrick Street and he's still walking after me. And I'm getting nervous at this point now. I was afraid if I kept walking, he was going to just hit me or or something was going to happen. And I'm like, shit, I think the only way to deal with this now, I think I'm going to have to turn around and just get in this guy's face. And I did. I got in his face and I was like, what's your effing problem? Who the hell do you think you're following? And he basically backed down. He walked away with his mate. And I was like, okay, good. Uh, Problem solved. So it was a couple of weeks later, after that then, um, I was getting a bus out of town. I was sitting at a bus stop. I remember it was raining, it was dark. I was just after leaving my girlfriend. And the guy is there again, and he's just walking towards me, punching the palm of his own hand as he walks towards me. And I'm like, oh shit, here, here we go again. He's just talking random stuff to me now. Like, you did this to my cousin, you did that to my cousin. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. So I thought, okay, repeat step one, go again, get in his face. I got in his face, I got really angry. Um, 
I was like, what's your fucking problem? And we're kind of squaring off and he walks away again. So my adrenaline for these two instances now is absolutely flying, absolutely flying. It takes me ages to calm down afterwards even, you know? I was almost becoming the person I was pretending to be. I was like, yeah, get the fuck out of my face. I was really getting into it, like this angry young fella that was like just getting in his face and like really committing to the role, you know? A couple of weeks later, I was walking in town again. I was with my girlfriend at the time, totally helpless to any attack. My arms were wrapped around her and her arms were wrapped around me and we were walking around in unison in Cork City and I saw the guy again. He was drunk. I got an immediate bad feeling, an immediate bad feeling. Now, there was a couple of his friends there and there was two or three girls there as well. It all happened very quickly. I had my arm around her and I walked past him and I remember he said my name. And I turned my head and he punched me right in the side of the eye. And I remember it not hurting, actually. He was such a big guy, but he did not know how to throw a punch. So I slipped my arm out and I punched him. I'd never hit someone outside a boxing club before. And that did feel good, to be honest, because it landed and he fell back. And I was much smaller than him. And his friends cheered me. There was a bit of a tussle then between us. His friends kind of broke it up a little bit. Then there was another bit of a commotion. And then we went our separate ways, and I was like, right, okay, that guy's shots are fired now. So, Chris, what happened after that? I remember walking home. I just walked home. I didn't want to get the bus or anything. I walked from town out to my house. I went into town looking for the guy the next day, not for a fight or anything like that, just to go, what, what, what is going on here, like? So I remember me and my friends were talking to him and he was just talking mad nonsense. And I was like, what, what, what are you like? What is this over? My friend then was like, look, you jumped on him from behind. Do you want to settle it now? Have a fair fight, the two of you. I'm here now. He's there face to face. You can have a fair fight and end this forever. And I remember the guy was like, no, no, it's good. He shook my hand and he shook my buddy's hand and he said, no, no, that's the end of it now. And we walked our separate ways. After so many run-ins with this guy, did you ever see him again? I'm guessing it was maybe seven or eight months later. I was getting on a bus from the city to go to my girlfriend's house. And the kid, Gavin, was there on the bus. And he was like, Chris, I'm really sorry. I'm so sorry about that guy. He's not even my cousin. I'm sorry I got him after you. He was gone crazy. I was like, okay, don't worry about it. I said, it's all done now anyway. It's fine. We settled it. And there's, there's no, there's no, you know, there's no problem. And I was like, how is he anyway? I just said that as an off remark. And he went, oh, he's in jail. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, he's been locked up for murder. I think I took it quite calmly, actually. I was like, all right, yeah, cool. Uh, And I went home and the guy was on the news. Like it was on the news. It was on Irish RTE, like the guy that I had a fight with. He was there on the news. And I heard all these stories then about him afterwards in hindsight that he was a bit crazy. And I'm not sure if he's even, it was him and another guy, I can't say too much more, that were involved in this horrible case in Cork, you know. It was just mad that this was the guy, I thought I was doing the right thing the whole time, standing up to this guy. And I I still think it might have been the right thing to do because... Uh, had I had I have quivered or settled down or there was no other way out of it for me. Like my, my, my back was literally to the wall. 
when you're watching this on the news in the living room, what's going through your head? Are you thinking back to all of the scenarios that you've had with this guy? Yeah, and... I, I'm like, ma'am, that's the guy. That's the guy that, 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 that I was in a fight with in town. And she didn't seem too bothered by it. She was like, okay, fair enough. And like, but that's the guy. He's, <laughs> he's in jail. He's, like, he's on trial now for what? Um, I think I was kind of probably relieved that I settled the beef and went in and went, okay, that's it now. I, I was happy. I was genuinely happy to do that. I was like, mm. I don't want any more trouble off you. Like, you know, I don't know what the hell, I, especially because I did nothing. It definitely went through my head that he's capable of doing a horrible thing or at least being there when a horrible thing happens. So it made me think, it made me think you don't know who the hell you're messing with and you don't know what anybody is capable of. And sometimes there isn't the right or wrong way to approach anything, you know? And I think my, my advice now would be, and I've always been like, avoid it at all costs. That's probably the only fight I've ever been in, to be honest, outside outside boxing. It's the only fight I've ever been in. I've, all, I've, I've disarmed quite a few of them, and I've calmed a few, and I've talked people and myself and other people out of a few of them. But I think at all costs, avoid it, you know? So what I find interesting is, you weren't looking for this trouble at all. It just seemed to repeat itself and it seemed to, they, they came kind of came constantly back to you. I don't know why he kept backing down, but then wanting it, wanting to have a fight again afterwards. It was, it was such, such a strange thing, but it clearly he wasn't right of mind, I suppose. Maybe he wasn't used to that reaction, judging by how he was carrying on, you know. He probably wasn't used to someone turning around and squaring off, I guess you would call it. Like I said, I, I didn't even want to do that, but I just felt like this is the safest way out of this. He obviously just got it in his head and he wanted a reason to beat someone up. Maybe the guys he was hanging around with, maybe he was trying to prove something to them. Maybe he was like, oh, this guy, this, maybe he was like, this guy's the bully and I'm going to teach him a lesson now. I, I'd never done anything to anybody. I, I, I'd only been the victim of bullying, really, you know? When you were telling this story, because it made me think back to the fights I've had, the bits that make me most scared is the squaring off. I find that sort of side of things, the confrontational side, where you're looking into someone else's eyes and you're you're squaring up to each other, I find that more scary than the actual punching and and whatever else goes on in a fight. Do you not? Do you feel the same? Yeah, I, I find all of it quite scary, to be honest. Um, I mean, even if you get, it, it's just so dangerous now. Even if you get the better of somebody, um, you just hear so many horror stories. Someone getting one punch and something awful happening, like they fall back and hit their head, you know, and whether it's self-defense or not. Um, so just the thought of fighting at all out in the street, it, it, I, I would do anything to avoid it. Uh, I don't. I don't care if it's me running away and everyone's like, "Oh, there's a guy running." I, I, I don't care. I've been in that situation with a few people, have gotten in my face, and I'm like, I, I, I actually stay quite calm now. Mostly, it's happened a couple of times since. I stay quite calm, and I'm more so trying to disarm the situation and step back a bit. Mm. Well, you have a lot of professional boxers and black belt karate guys, judo, whatever, and you actually say to them, well, how many street fights have you ever had? And most of them always say to me, uh, none. Yeah, yeah, because it's, there's more of a discipline in it. I remember, I remember joining boxing and they were like, lads, you're not fighting outside. Like, if you do, you're not coming, to, you're not coming with us. 
we don't we, we don't want to know about it like you know and it was massive respect especially in the boxing club as well between us we were sparring each other and you know and then and then cheering each other on and sometimes in tournaments ending up having to fight someone in your club and it was um i i absolutely loved it and i i only boxed for a couple of years and i lost most of my fights i think but i was in it i joined quite late at 15 but i, I was just i was totally obsessed with it for for the years that i was in it you know um it was like I guess I guess I was so afraid of fighting before I did it. I was terrified of getting into a fight. Every every Wednesday and Friday night, then I was heading into the club and we were f- basically fighting. I suppose sparring at the end of the night. And I was like, "Well, this isn't that bad." And you know, if someone gets the better of you, it's like, and then you get the better end the following week. And it's just a bit like, oh, there's not there's not massively to be afraid of here. Actually, mm. there's something I really respect about whether it's professional boxers or amateur boxers or just any boxer, because they've trained themselves so much to get to the point where they don't even need to fight. They give off this energy. I remember meeting this scrawny guy from Glasgow and quite quiet, but he just gave off this energy of like, don't mess with me because, you know, I will do damage. I mean, obviously, like we were we were very friendly towards each other, but I just got that sense from him that if anyone caused any trouble, that he would be able to look after them uh, no problem whatsoever. And he just doesn't need to get himself into that situation because people, fe- people feel that. I don't know if that's some sort of like an energy that you that you get after doing so much sparring. It's almost like a like an invisible belt. I, th- I, th- I think remaining calm in those situations maybe gives off that energy, you know. But I guess there's some people that are just beyond that then and they're just good. They're just, it doesn't matter. They're going to kick off. Mm. Like I said, you don't know what anybody is capable of or what anyone, you know what anyone's background is. That, that like scrawny guy from Glasgow, like he looks like someone would think nothing of probably um, having a fight with someone like that. But then you, you, fi- you figure out the hard way. Exactly. That was a bad, it was a bad idea. We'll get back to the episode in a second. Before that, I just want to say, if you think this episode would be useful to a friend, send it along. You never know, it might just be the exact thing they're looking for today. And now back to the show. It feels different nowadays. I mean, I'm 35, you said you're 38. So 20 years ago, you know, you're 15, I was 15 years old. You would settle things in a fight situation. Now, you're worried about knives coming out and things like that. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. Absolutely terrified of my kids growing up to be teenagers and you see the stuff happening nowadays. Um, there was a little bit of it when I was growing up, but it certainly seems to be far more prevalent now, you know, from teenagers. And it seems to be they just, they just have no, not all of them, but like there, there's no respect at all for life or really hurting someone, you know, because even if I did get into a fight uh, like I did when we sparred and all that, I was never really trying to hurt anybody. It was never like, you never got joy out of that. Like I remember sparring guys and every now and again, you'd land a, a decent punch or you might blood someone's nose or something. I, I never really went, oh yes, that was, you know, I, I was just kind of, oh, there'd be a mutual respect there. And you'd be like, afterwards, you'd be like, uh, even when it came to an actual fight, there was a mutual respect there. But I think out in the street, it's always been different anyway. But yeah, nowadays with weapons and stuff it's ter- it's terrifying uh which is even more which is even more of a reason just to go i it's at all costs get get a, get away from it 
and you know get get out of harm's way like you know what do you say to your son if he's at school and he's having issues or some kid says i want to fight you uh, next day or something and, and he comes home and says dad this has happened at, at school what kind of advice would you give to him my kids are quite young at the moment they're only the three and six every now and again he's been like someone hit me or someone hit me or my immediate reaction would be hit them back, but it's it's not really uh, the right thing to say. My wife is like, no, no, just 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 tell them you do not like that and go and tell tell a teacher or defuse the situation that way. I also don't want them to be afraid, you know. Yeah, I'm not a parent myself right now, but I'm imagine it. My immediate response, like you said, hit them back. If they hit you, hit them back. But then it's you know, are you teaching your kids the right the right things by saying that? I, I don't think so. Like my wife is, knows an awful lot more about kids than I do. And uh, I think that she's far more common sense in that, in that way, you know, you know, obviously defend yourself. I would say, you know, defend yourself and push them out of the way or, you know, or, or, or stop them from hitting you or move out of their way and then tell somebody that they're hitting you and you don't want them to hit you anymore. You know, like me, I, I guess I'm trying to raise them the way I was raised. I, I was never, ever looking for trouble. That trouble came to me. Um, I was never ever out looking for trouble. So if I can, at least if they can be like that, if something happens, then maybe they have to trust their own judgment and and do what I did and square up to the guy or 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 anticipate them going to hit you or like get 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 away if you can. But if it comes to it, you know, um, try and anticipate what they're going to do. And if you have to hit them back, you know, do it. I guess and defend yourself at all costs and get out of there. I know teenagers, like we're just talking about there, have a bad rap at the moment, but a lot of them are amazing as well, you know? I mean, I've done some gigs now in the last couple of months, and I did a gig in the north side for Shiner Light, Suicide Awareness, and there's this group of kids that are based out of the cabin studios up in Nopnehini, and they're just incredible. They all they, they sing and they rap and they perform, and they're just incredible. And just to see the sense of how much they care about the people around them and the lyrics that they wrote to songs about talking to someone if you're feeling down. And that really actually gave me as much dread as I have about my kids becoming teenagers. I'm like, oh, no, no, we just have to guide them in the right place. Because these kids, they, they were just incredible. You know, they were all on stage and I was just, I was just in, in awe of them. Well, things have changed, I suppose, a lot in the last 20 years where they, they're saying, speak to someone if you're feeling upset or feeling sad about something. Would you have had someone to speak to 20, 25 years ago when this whole thing was going on with this guy? Not really. Not really, no. Because even when I was getting there, uh, I got a little bit bullied earlier on in life. I never really said it to anyone. Like, you know, I just kind of got past the bullies and... um I was just kind of taunted every now and again by them, but it was it was very it really didn't feel nice at all. I hated it. I absolutely hated it. Um it was the threat that they were going to do something to me more than anything. I'm so happy that teenagers are they're starting to bring it into schools now as well, that they're just able to talk and with my kids now today, even though they're only six and three, I try and talk to them as much as possible. If they're not feeling good, if they're upset. I'll just say, come here and talk to me and what what's going on? What has you upset? And some, sometimes it's nothing, like, you know, and I'll go, oh, yeah, I, I feel like that some days as well. It's just, just a strange thing, isn't it? But it's going to pass. And uh, I try not to say to my kids, if I can, like, stop crying, stop doing this, stop doing that. Like, just 
l- let them have a little cry and talk to them about it and try and get them to express their emotions a bit more. Because uh, I definitely didn't. I definitely wasn't good at expressing my emotions until later in life. You, you almost would feel ashamed to cry or something like that, you know. And <laughs> you end up looking far worse trying to hold in these tears and these emotions. Like it just, it just, it's a, it's not, it's not a nice feeling. Like you know, my two kids now are so different. You know, my boy is very passive he will avoid confrontation even when i see him playing with other boys that are rough and tumble you know uh but my little girl <laughs> will hit back will hit first and i think it's it's just part of your personality i think you know and you just have to try and guide the two of them as best as i can you know uh, i want them to be able to come to me no matter what no matter what they're feeling as a parent as well every now and again i'll lose my patience or i'll get really angry or i'll snap and I'll, I'll go back and I'll apologize to them afterwards and I'll say I'm really sorry that I that I lost it I'm really sorry that I shouted earlier I'm really sorry that I upset you I just this this is this is what made me feel that way or whatever I'm just trying to be as open with them as possible you know when you say to them about just cry just let it out just let it out do they have this look on their faces like oh yeah because I really want to carry on crying I don't want this sort of restriction of stop crying stop crying I don't always say keep crying or do what you want or cry if you need to cry. I'll say, I'll say, oh no, it's okay to feel that way. Do do what you need to do. What I'm trying to stop myself saying is stop crying now, stop crying, stop crying. I go, it's okay, take a breath, take a breath. Um, if they've hurt themselves physically and they start crying, I'll, I'll, I won't say stop crying, stop crying. I'll say, if I can, I'll go, it's all right, it's okay, you're fine now. Just try and reassure them, it's fine. What's sore? Oh yeah. Oh, that was... That sounds sorry. Yeah. Oh, try and empathize with them, and and then go. Okay. Um, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. But you know, it's more so every now and again when they get into a little strange mood. You know, they're just a little bit off. They're a little bit quiet, and sometimes they'll just get a little bit upset. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? And I'm trying. I'm just trying to figure out what's actually happening. And sometimes we'll get to it. We'll get to it, and it'll be like. Oh yeah, two days ago you you didn't let me um get this thing in the shop. And I'm like, okay, right, I'm glad we got to it, and this is why you didn't get it in the shop. And sometimes it's like it's just my son mainly is probably at that age. He's like, I don't know, I don't know why I'm upset, I don't know why I'm and I'll be like, Oh look, we you've had quite a hectic week. You know, you may have been on holidays with your cousins and you've been like you've just had something so much going on all week and all of a sudden now you're on your own and or you're back with mammy and daddy is probably a little bit boring and it's a little bit much to take in or whatever. But I think it's important to tell them that, uh, oh, look, I'm, I feel like that as well. Absolutely. I know, I know what's going on there. I feel like that as well. And I, I always try and bring it back to things like that. Uh, it just gives them a bit of reassurance and just want them to be able to cope with these emotions properly and not bottle it in like I did. You know, I remember being a kid, I was quite soft, is what people would have said. Oh, he's a bit soft, he's a bit emotional, I would cry. And I felt like that was a bad thing, you know? I felt like that was a bad thing. And I was like, when I see him upset or him crying, I do do not want him to feel like it's a bad thing at all. Reassurance is massive, isn't it? That was the word that was coming to mind before you said that. Boys, kids, they want that reassurance from their parents. It's almost like this admission or this acceptance that it's, it's okay to feel vulnerable. Yeah, because you, you want them to be able to cope. You want to give them the skills to, as much as we all want to protect our kids as much as possible. Like, it's impossible. Like, they're going to face 
heartache and they're going to face rejection and they're going to face, you know, just letting them letting them be upset as well and letting them be in that. And sometimes it's because I haven't given them something or my wife hasn't given them something or we've we've been fairly firm and said no. And the easiest thing to do <laughs> is to stop the crying or stop the meltdown is to give them what they wanted. And then you're just creating a massive chain reaction of, all oh, right, I know how to get that thing now. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just lose my shit for a couple of minutes, and my my mom or dad will break, you know. But in in the long run, I think it's a bit of a better way to do it. Yeah, it's it's constant. I remember being a kid; you're constantly trying to test and and challenge your parents and see what you can get away with. My last question today is: How did you change as a man after that whole scenario with that guy? How did you change? Who were you after that? I was terrified of a street fight before that. And then it wasn't that bad. So I, I had less of a fear of that, but I still wanted to avoid it. I suppose it gave me a little bit of confidence when I found out what the guy done. It made me think, oh, you don't know who you're messing with. You know, that's still always on my mind. But growing up, I think there's far more things that, that changed me as a man rather than that, rather than that fight, you know. Probably going back to what I'm talking about with my kids, being able to open up changed me more as a man than that fight ever did you know i remember the first time i had to ask for help i had gotten my my mental health uh, had a bit of a slide doing stand-up comedy and becoming a dad and the pressures of that on me because i love doing my job but it's not exactly the most secure job in the world but i love doing it and having that kind of you're becoming a dad now can you continue to do this and then i started catastrophizing everything I put myself into a very bad situation then where I was, uh, instead of challenging the thoughts, I was I was going with them. And I was like, oh yeah, what if that does happen? And what if something even worse happens? I was very much catastrophizing everything. I'd taken all my energy away from myself, but I wasn't telling anybody about it. Um, I was having arguments with my wife every now and again, but it was never really saying how I was feeling. And uh, it was one morning I was really upset at the breakfast table. I was like crying and I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do anymore. And she said, you need to talk to somebody. And uh, luckily I was living in England at the time. I rang my local GP and, you know, fair play to the NHS. Someone, they immediately made me feel really good about calling, even though it was one of the most difficult calls I've ever made in my life. They made me, you did the right thing. Well done. We know it's not easy. And I was like, oh my God. Immediately, I felt a bit of a weight lifted off me. And I was like, oh, Christ, um, that felt good. And I was talking to someone that day and I was put on a program and I was put on like CBT. And I'm not saying it's been plain sailing since then because I still fall into the same traps and I still go down the same holes of getting spending too much time on social media and worrying too much about certain things. But now I feel like I have more tools to deal with it, like, you know. So that's probably changed me more as a man than anything was opening up and being vulnerable it's crazy to think that chris had several altercations with a future murderer and it's made me think what is the right answer should we avoid fighting or should we just fight back boxing coach told me many years ago that the best way to prepare for a street fight was to get as good at sprinting as possible to run away as fast as you can Now this definitely was not the advice I was expecting, especially from a boxing coach. I feel that within myself, with this advice, it's quite difficult to actually employ because when you're in the heat of the moment, 
your ego wants to say that you don't want to be a coward. You don't want to be seen as a coward or to feel like a coward. So you feel like you need to hit back to retain your masculinity in some way. Because for me personally, I think it would be quite difficult for me to just surrender and let go to that feeling of being a coward. But at the same time, it scares me to think that you could punch someone and potentially kill them and go down for manslaughter. And then your whole freedom is taken away from you. The advice that I was always given as a kid from my parents and from other people in the area was to hit them back. Now, is there a generational change in parenting? There's this feeling that you can defend yourself, but also to de-escalate situations as much as possible. This almost feels like it's becoming the norm now. How do you do both at the same time? I think back to my granddad, Tom, who was from the next town to me in Tilsley. And if I went to him in the past and said, granddad, a boy has hit me or a boy's threatening to hit me. He'd say, hit them back, hit them as hard as you can. So there was this expectation to prove yourself as a man or as a strong boy by being the first to defend yourself if you felt like you were threatened in some way to punch them before they punched you. Makes me think what I would do if I had sons and they were involved in some altercation. If I'm honest with myself, my immediate emotional response would be to say, hit them back or defend yourself. But actually, could we resolve these things in a different way? Could we put both boys in a boxing ring together? Or could we, or could I go over to the father of the other child and say, can we resolve this dispute in a verbal way instead of a physical way and get the boys to apologize to each other? If Chris had asked for help with this situation with this boy in his youth, would it have been easier for him to seek out help for his mental health issues when he was an adult? And how do we encourage boys and men to ask for help to get support and not feel like they have to shoulder this burden of responsibility. Before you go, let me tell you about our man test. The team and I created it with the belief that every man has hidden, untapped potential and I want to help you discover what it could be. Let's face it, we've all got dreams and aspirations, but the stresses of life can get in the way. I know I've been there myself. As men, each one of us has skills and knowledge that sets us apart from the rest. It's about discovering what they are and making the most of them. The man test is simple. It takes less than three minutes and will help you discover your true strengths and talents by working out what kind of modern man you really are. Find the link in the show notes and take the man test today. You never know, you might just learn something new about yourself that you didn't know before.